Hey everybody, it's Stephen Pritchard. Welcome to episode two of Big Prepper Podcast. Um, this episode is mainly going to be on scams. It's probably going to be a short episode, uh, but I was just riding down the road and I thought about it, and I, I feel like if you're in an S SHTF situation, you're probably going to have to deal with scams yourself. Uh, depending on different things that go on, I was kind of running through things in my head, and I was kind of thinking, you know, it used to be, you know, pretty cool back when we didn't have internet. If someone told you something, either you believed them or you didn't. So if someone come to you and said, you know, the, the, the most number of eggs you can fit in your mouth is three, then either you just believed it or you called him a liar and tried it yourself. That was just how it was. <coughs> so the internet come upon and basically you could look up and you could challenge anyone that said something that you didn't agree with or if you felt they were lying, you could look it up and you could test it. And the thing is, a scam is kind of like a broad term. When you think of scam, sometimes you think of people pretending to be other people and scamming you out of money. And you got other scams. It's just people just flat out lie to you. I mean, let's say it's a SHTF situation and you're sitting there and somebody has a car. You want a car for whatever reason. You get the car. And they say, okay, well, uh, I'll trade you. Uh, I want X amount of food for the car. And you go, okay, yeah, sure. Does everything works on it? Everything is good? Yeah, everything's fine. So you ride it around for a little while. looks like it works fine. You give them the food. They take off. You drive off. car falls apart. That's a scam. All right. And I was thinking about it because scams don't work on people who aren't prone to be scammed. And those people are people that don't need something. So let's look at a few scams. So I remember the earliest scam growing up was this fax that would come over your fax machine. I would be at work and I'd get a fax and it would be from some Nigerian prince or some African prince and something was going on with his country and he had no money because his father ousted him and he's about to take control and it's going to be about a month that he's going to take control of the country again and then he's going to have access to all these millions and millions of dollars. And then if you send him a few hundred dollars, then he'll multiply it by 10. Or however much money you send, he'll send it back to you 10 times. And that was a big scam that was going around. And I, I think people actually did it. I mean, when you start seeing these scams that are popping up everywhere, to me, if they don't work, they stop. 
they, they don't try it anymore. And if people are falling for it, at least one person falls for it, they just keep on with it. Uh, some of the newer scams everyone knows about is the IRS scam, where they say they're from the IRS, you need to pay with gift cards, or you need to send them money, or you need to give them access to your bank account, or anything like that. So, those happen. Now, when it comes to scams, when there's no infrastructure, there's no, the internet is down, there's no way of checking fact or fiction type thing, you're just around people. I mean, people can trade you food that's expired, that's bad. Uh, people can give you unfair trades for different things. And people, when it comes to a bad situation, people aren't going to be super honest with you. Especially if they know that you're ignorant about something. I saw a lot of places that they talk about getting bartering items. And the thing is, you don't know what the barter system is yet. You have barter systems in like jails and different things where they have pretty much established rules that a pack of cigarettes or one cigarette is worth X amount of whatever item. But seeing as though you don't know the supplies of everything, I mean, if everyone has water, water is probably going to be worthless. You're not going to be able to trade water to someone who has a lot of water. You might be able to trade instant coffee. Instant coffee might be a gold mine for you. And it's going to get, it's going to change as the SHTF situation changes. So when it first starts, everything is probably going to be at face value, maybe a little more. If you're going somewhere and you're saying, hey, I want to trade you for a case of water, they might do a dollar for dollar swap on it. But as you get further along into this, it's weeks, it's months into a situation I mean, certain things are valued as gold. I mean, people start running out of food and they have a whole bunch of gold pieces and silver pieces laying around. You might sell a sandwich for $20,000 worth of gold. Who knows? And a barter system is not going to be universal for the most part because it's going to vary from person to person. If you have one person that comes up to you and they want to trade gold pieces or gold bars or whatever for cans ham, you might have the next person come up and say, hey, well, I've got, you know, beef jerky. I'd like to trade it for some chicken because that's all we've got is beef jerky. And it just, it's going to differ. Now, the thing of it is, is you have to be, be able to prepare yourself. Uh, you need to be kind of aware of the supplies on everything, how to get the supplies, realize what you have is a gold mine, and you should never really show anyone your entire supply. If anyone does see it, uh, they may need to see like a, a portion of it. Uh, I wouldn't, if you were trading with someone, I wouldn't invite them into your storage and just say, yeah, just tell me what you want to trade for. Uh, it's really dangerous. Um, especially if it's if it's in the first little bit, you probably don't have anything to worry about. But 
I mean, a month or two goes by and people don't have food, they remember, hey, that guy's got a pretty big storage. They might come by and just kind of ask for something or they might try to trade you or they might come in and try to kill you and just take it. So you got to kind of be prepared for that type of stuff. I'm sure new scams will come up. Uh, there may be, I heard a, I heard a guy the other day on the podcast said, um, this guy just kept wanting him to take him to some part of Detroit. And he, he just kept on and kept on like for like a week. Hey man, I really need you to take me over here. You know, I don't have a ride. I need you to take me. I'll give you so much money, whatever. And finally the guy broke down and took him out there and they stepped out. And he said he was in some just strange looking location with like big weeds and different things everywhere. And he said the next thing he knew, he was bleeding at the guy that he rode with and shot him and tried to kill him, shot him several times and then got in his Jeep and drove away to leave him dead. And some guy found him, brought him to the hospital. Short, long story short, they found the guy that did it. He's in jail for the rest of his life. And the other guy, he's, he's fine. Um, he recovered, but that's, that's the type of scams that I talk about is you don't know what type of scam it's going to be. Uh, you don't know if the friends you have today or be your enemies tomorrow. And one of the problems I have with my wife is my wife likes to just give things away and she's not understanding that if a situation occurs that basically puts us in an advantage, we can't afford to give things away. Right now, the only things that I have that I would be okay with trading uh, would be Folgers Instant Coffee. That's the only thing I have. Um, And I don't drink coffee. My wife, she will drink coffee, but she doesn't really. I mean, we don't have a coffee pot at home at all. And we've been together two years maybe a little longer, almost three, and she just doesn't really drink coffee. So we, I bought that just to have as like a bartering item. And that, that's kind of the things that I would suggest. Get a few things that you can barter with. Make sure your stores are up to date. You've got enough, you know, that, that can get you by. But don't ever let anyone know how much you have. Just... Just kind of make the appearance that you have just enough to get by and just just kind of blend in. Don't invite people over for big meals and don't don't make yourself known. But you need to be aware of these scams. And I mentioned a little earlier about the ones that are prone to being scammed or the ones that are kind of predisposed to being scammed. Now, when I go to New Orleans someone comes up to me and they try to put a bracelet on my wrist or they try to talk to me and say, I bet you this, that I can tell you where you got those shoes and all kind of stuff. I ignore it and I walk away. I don't talk to the people. When people try to stop me and sell me stuff, I just keep walking. Some of the people I'm with, they stop and they get caught up in it and they waste their time and I have to drag them off. You know, it's because I've learned and I'm not in, I'm not predisposed to that scam. Now, let's talk about some some scams that have happened before. I've watched a scam before that uh, 
it was on uh, it was on some when I used to watch cable. Cable's kind of a thing of the past. Um, for those of you listeners who are really young, uh, cable was this thing that's kind of like Netflix and Hulu, only you couldn't choose what you wanted to watch uh, individually. You had to change to a different channel. So it'd be kind of like opening up a Netflix or a Hulu app, and it, the app just starts playing a show. And that was just how it was. You couldn't really change it. You had to watch the commercials. A little bit later, it got a little more sophisticated where you could you could record live TV and you could fast forward through the commercials. And then it got a little better that you could just record your shows and just watch your shows and skip through the commercials. But cable's kind of a thing of the past. But I remember watching on cable that, that there was this this couple that was elderly, I don't remember how old they were, but they were retired. They had millions of dollars, of course, because of uh, 401ks, different things like that, compound interest over the years. So they had all this money, and someone called them and said, you have just won like a, some kind, I want to say Jamaican, but I'm not 100% sure, the Jamaican lottery. And you have won so many millions of dollars. But the way that we're going to have to give it to you, you need to pay your taxes on the money first. So, a lot of times when you do get money, you do pay your taxes first. Uh, When you go to a casino and they say you win $12,000, they're going to take the taxes out immediately. They're going to give you a form, and you're going to sign it. It's going to go to the government, and it's going to show this is how much money you made, this is how much money in taxes they took out, and you file it on your taxes. You help, you hold on to your form. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's how it works. Lottery winnings don't work that way. But the, the, but the thing is, you... You don't have to pay your taxes and then get your money. So say you won $12,000 at a casino. You don't have to pay, say, $2,000 or whatever out of pocket. Then you get $12,000. You can deduct the amount of money that you receive. So instead of you getting $12,000, they'll just give you $10,000. And then write down that you paid that much in taxes. That's how much the winnings and that's how winnings and stuff normally work. You can deduct your taxes from it. So this scam, they wanted them to send them money. So they started sending them money. And basically the guy just kept calling back asking for more. Just say, no, it's not enough yet. We have to get this much. They keep changing the, more, the rate. Yes, it's coming. Just keep sending it, blah, blah, blah. So they, they kept doing this. And then eventually the husband decided it's a scam. He said, I know it's a scam. We're not sending any more money. The wife, for some reason, could not believe it was a scam. So she just kept doing it. She kept sending more and more money until she had sent all of their retirement income. She had sent them millions of dollars in retirement income 
because she had done it for so long and she just could not stop. And they ended up getting a, a divorce that late in life, had been together all those years, and they got divorced and he had to go back to work. And it's, it's just so sad. But that type of stuff can happen. Now, the people I talk about, about predisposition, those people in the in the example there, they didn't really need any more money. They had money, but you can always use more. Now, take for, take for instance, my mom. My mom was a very poor woman. She never made above, like, $15,000 a year in her entire life. So, when she got cars, when she bought groceries, when she had anything, it was all cash. Uh, the cars would be $2,500 at the most. Um, they would be crappy. They'd be breaking down all the time. And... That's just how life was. So someone called my mom once, and luckily she was smart enough not to fall for it, but they said, hey, we we heard that you gave somebody some money in a grocery store, uh, maybe some loose change because they didn't have enough for their, amount, for their groceries. And she said, yeah, that sounds like something I would do. She said, well, we want to send you uh, $5,000 said, but we, we need access to your bank account. And my mom said, no, no, thank you. You can keep it and hung up. So she was able to avoid that. But now when you look at a show like The Walking Dead and they have a thing that says, was it Sanctuary? I think it was. Or come to, come to Sanctuary. Come to this place whatever it was called, I think it was Sanctuary. And all these people are trying to get there. And when they got there, the people had taken it over. And what they were doing is they were using those signs to lure in people and take all their stuff and kill them and eat them. So that's the type of stuff you got to watch out for. But if you're in a predicament that you have no other choice, you might get caught up in it. So the thing is going to be, you need to prepare yourself. Make sure you've got everything that you need. When you start hearing things that don't seem like it's going to be true, it's going to take you out of your safe place, don't do it. Don't worry about it. If you do not have to leave, do not leave. When it gets down to where you have maybe one or two more weeks of food left, go try to find something. Go start looking at houses. Go start doing other things. You've got a compound, you've got a bunch of people, you've got teams that you can do that from the start, that would be good. But if you're bunkered down by yourself, you've only got you and your wife and your kids, that's all you've got, try to stuff it out as long as you can. Don't trade with anybody that you don't know. Don't trade if if you just don't have to. Like I said, people can poison the food. You eat the food, die, they come in take all your stuff. You, people give you low quality ingredients for yours. People rip you off. It's so many different things that can happen in a trading scenario, especially if you're not prepared. Now, a lot of people are going to tell you you need to be available for trade. That's how you're going to get everything that you need. 
things don't last forever, and they don't. There's going to be certain things that you stockpile that outlast the others. You might have cases and cases of water that you'll never go out go through because the place that you bunker down in may have a well, and you may not have ever used any of it. So instead of just sitting there, you're running low on food. Maybe you want to trade some water to somebody for some food. That'd be a good trade. You might have to. The thing is, you want to get enough stuff that you can bunker down for as long as you need to. You want to be able to prep your food. You want to be able to store your food properly. And you want to be able to have enough to calculate enough food that you can stay somewhere for an extended period of time. However long that you want to stay is up to you. If you want to do two weeks and quit, do two weeks and quit. If you want to do years, months, or if you want to try to do the rest of your life, then by all means, go for it. But just realize that if you get too much, it becomes a liability. And if you've got to move, you can't bring everything with you. So you got to realize that locations can become compromised. And realistically, you may only have a month's supply of food that you can bring with you. So you may have to rely on trades. You may have to rely on different things. And you need to know how not to get scammed. Just make sure if you do any trades, if, if, you, if you follow anyone that has any kind of information they're trying to they're trying to help you in air quotes they're trying to do just anything if, if it seems sketchy don't do it if if you feel just uncertain about something don't do it if you just don't want to trade don't trade you don't have to trade just just be prepared maybe get a few extra things to have for trade things that you're not going to use, you're only going to keep it for trade, have it. That's fine. But be prepared because not everyone's going to be friendly. Not everyone is going to try to be fair with you. There's probably going to be a lot of people that come by that don't want to trade at all. They just want to take it. So you might want to prepare for that if you know what I'm talking about. So this was a short episode, episode two of the Big Prepper Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Stephen Pritchard. And like I say in the other one, if you got any suggestions for any videos or you got any questions for me, just give me a comment. Uh, I, I think you can comment on these videos. I'm still not sure. haven't had any comments yet. But just reach out to me. Let me know what you think of the podcast. Let me know if there's anything I can cover for you. I'd be happy to do the research. And uh, we'll catch you guys in the next one.